right. All right. All right. All right. And now, the Beards, Cats, and Easy Game Audio Podcast. All right. Okay. 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 I'm Matthew Martinson. Perfect studio chairs. <laughs> I'm Gordon McGlattery. This is Beards, Cats, and Any Game Audio. Welcome. Episode. And a, and a squeaky chair. I don't yeah. know. Additional don't. character. I don't know what episode it is. 30-something or other. 30-something. It's November. The, the, the November, November 2016. November 2016. Episode 30-something. You were there for it. You'll look back where and remember I? exactly where you were for episode 30-something. <laughs> Not the other 30-something. Yeah. But this 30-something. This is the first Trump episode. Oh, let's not even talk about We're that. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> no. It's, 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 no it's, this is our safe space. Pol- Politics-free zone. Right? This is the safe space. Uh, uh, as always, kind of snuck up. Hey, we are we have many days to edit this time. We do. We do. It's only the 23rd, right? We, we, we have more editing days. Yeah. We gave so. ourselves more than forty-eight hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually the oh my, oh my, to get it up, edited. And oh uploaded. my goodness, we got an episode. Could this be a new episode of maturity for Matt and Gord? Who knows? Episode thirty-something. <laughs> you were here, so we were uh, trolling around for questions and mm-hmm. topics and stuff. Got a bunch. Came up with got a couple bunch. ourselves. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that uh, um, somebody on the Slack team was talking about was. Uh, volumes and mm-hmm. i was like oh you're talking about loudness and technical stuff and you should just go listen to that episode and you know read jay's thing and stuff and he's like well i'm actually kind of meaning more like mixing levels and stuff like that which i was like hey that's a big broad topic that i don't entirely want to tackle right now right but in that conversation kind of came up of like well going through other games and evaluating other games critiquing other games to figure out how they do stuff and why they've done stuff. We're not going to dive into it, but we're going to dive into the like, like prioritization of mix. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, I can very broadly cover it very yeah, quickly. Go, I, I talked a little bit, but go for it. So, so if you're What's, talking about relative volume, so we're yes. not talking about hitting your 20 minus no, 23 no, no, no. LUFS. We're talking you're, about the sounds in the game in their relationship to one another. Yes. So what yeah. are your mixed priorities? Yeah. Traditionally, and there are always untraditional examples that are often very great, mm-hmm. but traditionally the mix, and this is from film tradition, is to direct the attention of the viewer yes. or in games the user. So you can do this in varying levels of Aggression, And the same is for games. Yeah. So that can lead to very complex dynamic mixes Yeah, um, where you might actually prioritize things that are off screen depending on their importance. That's so, when you get into those sort of uh, like first person shooter, high dynamic range sounding games yeah. where it's like, hey, the sniper's across the map, but he's shooting at you. So you need so to hear him very even loud. though you shouldn't actually hear him because he's across the map. Yeah. So it's not about realism. It's about directing uh, user attention. Yeah. to aid gameplay a lot of the time yeah. or for dramatic effect. Um, I fall back on the always my kind of like, you always have to be doing one of two things in a game, mm-hmm. uh, informing the player of something and building the world. Yeah. And the informing the player is the one where you're going to get that super dynamic mixes potentially where you're like moving stuff around a lot so that in any given second, the player's attention is on what is the most important thing to his gameplay yep. or her gameplay. 
uh, in that given game. And every game is going to be different of what what you want to be bringing the attention to. And how you're going to do it because sometimes you want a subtle mix where mm-hmm. you want things to be understated, but it still has to, it has to be kind of treading that line. Yeah. I mean, so for, for instance, like inside, yep. the character Foley is very quiet. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be loud because the character is like right in the middle of the screen all the time. Mm-hmm. They, it, they, you don't need, it doesn't need any help. There was a great, um, game still not out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cappy's below. Yeah. Um, I distinctly remember one of their trailers. Uh, the the character is like really small on the screen. Like the camera is yeah. really far away um, and they're climbing a giant ladder. And mm-hmm. you can hear all the foley of them climbing the ladder. Yeah, which and is completely fits. unrealistic. Yeah, but it totally, totally unrealistic. Works. But it's, it fits the kind of what I feel is the immediacy that they're trying to express mm-hmm. through sound with, with the game. Like that contact with that's yeah. who you are and everything. It's cool. Yeah, well, I mean, realistically, you wouldn't even get those sounds until like a third of a second <laughs> later, maybe. So yeah, yeah, it was neat. Mm-hmm. It was a cool thing. Um, so kind of, that's a super broad view of of mixing your game. Yeah. Um, but it kind of brought up to what I thought I'd like to talk about is of of uh, qualitatively looking at other games. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you break down a game's soundscape so that you can start to understand? why it did what it did, what it's doing, and what you can take out of that. What are some things you think about when you're, like, playing a game, not to play a game, but to, like, dig into its soundscape and, like, try and learn something from it? What are some of the stuff you you think about? So often, probably just because I'm a cynical bastard, I'm listening for mistakes. Yeah. Because such a huge part of our job is troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to be like, what are mistakes that I can identify in here that they've right. made? Technical errors. Yeah. Can I start troubleshooting this before I've even started the game? Are there dialogue implementation errors? Are there sounds cutting out? Yeah. Um, are there things missing? I'm noticing missing sounds is, I think I'm kind of crazy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I might go a bit too far, <laughs> like more <laughs> further than the user will ever care about. Yeah. Um, so that's stuff that I just notice. Right. Then I start trying to think about how everything's tying together thematically. Uh, do these sounds all fit? Yeah. Are they designing it like I would? Mm-hmm. And if they aren't, are they doing it better? Quite often it is better. <laughs> so I have to think about maybe what was their approach in getting that sound or yeah. if it's just, you know, that person's style. Right. I also try to get a handle on where the game lies for levels, like as far as the relative mix goes compared to other games. Yeah. Is it too loud? Is it too quiet? Um, is it banging on? What's the relationship of the music? How is the music dynamicized? Uh, all the all the dynamicized. stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. One of the things I like to, or I, I don't know if I like to think about, but I think about when I'm looking at a game, um, is how big of a budget of a game it is, and mm-hmm. what that means for the soundscape of a given game. Yeah, because that's kind of a first step for me, because that kind of dictates in some ways how much I can pull out of it for what I can do. Mm-hmm. It's like when I see a talk at, at GDC and it's like a big AAA talk and they're like, we did blah, 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 blah. And this, you know, crazy new system. And I'm like, that's awesome. Never going to happen. You had a whole programmer <laughs> for just that. I'm never going to get that. Okay. How do I dumb it down yeah. so that I can get a programmer who can implement something similar in a couple of days? Mm-hmm. Um, so first, like, you just kind of like, okay, is this a triple A game? What can I 
expect of mm-hmm. that. Or this is like, oh, this is another indie game that they, you know, did with one person in a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I sort of set my expectations on another level of like, oh, I could probably do everything that they did. Yeah. Versus I'm not going to get my own procedural sound generation system made. Okay. Probably not. So that's off the table. And I also like to check on variety a lot. Yeah. When I fire up a game, I like to like, if I'm like running a character around, run around in like little circles and like just sort of see if I can figure out. Any patterns. Yeah. How many how many surfaces they've covered and stuff? Yeah, if yeah. I can see the boundaries of surfaces, if there's anything funky about moving from one surface boundary to another, mm-hmm. kind of like see if I can figure out the technical stuff that's lying under the hood. Listen for occlusion. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, reverb. Do I like it? Yeah, does it suit the environment? Is it one size fits all? Yeah. Yeah, the big that big balance between the music and the sound effects and who's doing the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Um and there's no that's a like super there is no right way wrong way for that one. It's like some games are great when it's super heavy and there's barely any sound effects. Yeah. And the other thing we wanted to make sure to say, yeah, is that okay, so you're playing a game and it sounds like crap. Don't just immediately go, "Oh, the sound designer's bad." Yeah. Because you don't know anything about yeah. that project or how much control they had because not all my games sound good because yeah. sometimes we just don't have the control we have we want. Yeah. Or we don't have the budget that it's required to make it sound good. Totally. You know? There's uh when I'm first thinking about a game, I'm like trying to think of like, oh how how long do I think these guys had and how many people were on the team and I could be like, Oh, it, they spent they spent five years on this game, and they, I'm pretty sure I saw in the credits that there was eight people on it. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that sound team of eight people might have been the one full-timer for half of the time and then a bunch of contractors for a tenth of the time. Like, yeah. you don't actually know how much time maybe they didn't. People... Maybe they didn't get hired until two months from launch, yeah. you know? You, so you don't know. There's, yeah, there's always, even when you're trying to fill in the picture, there's so much that you don't know mm-hmm. that you kind of be like, yeah, okay. What might have made this sound bad? And so when you're looking into avoidance, getting on projects early yeah. is a big deal. Getting the control that you want is a big deal. Support. Sometimes games, sometimes it could be like you've done a bunch of things, you have a bunch of things you want to fix, yeah. but then the the publisher or the platform holder, maybe Steam, is like, you should release on this date. Right. And that date is 48 hours from now. Oh. You're not going to get to your <laughs> yeah. your 40-item revision list, you know? Your, your mix time got cut. Because the developers might be just like, yes, no more changes. Yeah. Period. Probably. I think sometimes we can get a bit of a skewed sense of what's possible sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be like the naysayer, like, oh, you can't do stuff. But... I was um, on one of our games. I'm like, occlusion, I want occlusion. I want occlusion. I want obstruction. I want all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And our lead programmer was like, you realize they had a whole team to do that. We don't have that. Oh, but they have it. They have it. No, 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 no. (laughs) We can't do that. Oh. Not even a little bit. I guess we can't. Okay. Okay. So what can we do? And then we started to figure out like what's possible. Because in my head, I'm just like, well, I'll just... You guys are smart. 
occlusion, obstruction. You just it just does it, right? The game engines just do it. And like, Figure it no, out. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> CryEngine yeah. apparently does. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing to know about your engines. Yeah. Um, if it comes time that you have any say in helping sway a team from one engine to another at the beginning, mm-hmm. another reason to be on the project early. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can be like, hey, uh, occlusion obstruction will be really important to this, and we have a tiny team that can't do our own. Yeah. Maybe we should use this engine that has it built in. Yeah. Even if you don't know really in depth your engines, knowing the features is a good thing to know. Keep tabs on the Unity sound capabilities. They're getting better all the time. They are. Yeah. They are. Um, okay. What was up next? Even Game Makers approved its sound. Oh, yeah. Game Maker did an update. I, 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 what, did they, what did they add? I don't know, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's better than it was. Does it have reverb? I don't know. We're doing all our reverb for Wandersong, just baked assets. Mm-hmm. Em just has to bake new assets for every area <laughs> with reverb on them. So witness style. Witness style. Yeah. Yep. yep. It's I possible. Mean, it sounds fine. It's totally possible. It's just, just a, a it's, lot of files. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Oh, so. aside, but our new exciting thing that we're doing in Wandersong. Yeah. It's a little bit of a technical thing. Yep. Is uh, we're, we're replacing. So Wandersong's this game we're working on where you're a little character and uh, you're this bard with a funny hat and you have to, it's an adventure game. Yep. And you sing yourself through the world. So you solve puzzles by singing and you interact with the world by singing. You've got this <laughs> wheel. A wheel around your character, and you have to hit all the notes. And we'd just been using this, like, a temp synth voice yep. that the dev had just put in there for, like, a year. Yeah. And then I finally got John Robert Matz to sing actual notes uh-huh. for me. And M got them working yesterday. So we're, we separate the consonant from the vowel. Yep. And then we loop the vowel so you can sing forever. Oh, awesome. And then, uh, so now we've got this real voice in there with all yeah. these consonants, and we're just going to randomize it all, so it's just going to be like, scat. <laughs> it's just going to scat his way through through the world. It uh, sounded pretty good yesterday. Game's going to get a jazz overhaul. Yeah, we'll have to, <laughs> no, I don't want to add sharps. <laughs> There's no black keys. It's happy jazz. It's very it's all... major jazz. <laughs> in the key of C. Some things to think about when you're evaluating yeah. other games' audio. And do evaluate. And we've said it before a million times. A good way to evaluate is watch other people play. Yeah, it's actually really hard to evaluate yourself while you're playing the game because it's so easy to get caught up in playing the game. Yeah. Um, so so search YouTube yeah. for let's no, plays. Let's plays. No, no voiceover. No yeah. commentary. Yeah. Yeah, those are great, and those are a good way to review your own games after you've shipped them. Yeah, as totally. well. If you've had a game that's done well enough to have a few people do. Let's plays on them. Yeah. Go watch a few long videos. See what's out there. And you'll start to really hate your work. <laughs> Back when I was at EA, because of the games I was doing, um, it lended itself more to it. But every time I started a project, I'd go and spend a couple of days finding all of the games of the similar genre. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm doing another Need for Speed. All right. What are all the racing games that have come out in the last year? Yeah. And pick like, you know three or four of the sort of best ones and just review them a bunch. Right. Play them a bunch, get people to play them and watch playing just like, okay, review a bunch of what everybody else is doing and start trying to steal ideas yeah. out of it. I haven't done that when I've been at Clay, 
mm-hmm. because we keep doing games that I'm like, there's there's nothing like this. Yeah, right. I don't have anything to compare this to. Yeah. Um, but when you're doing kind of more genre-y games, find what the other people are doing and see what you can copy out of them. Yeah. It's like... Steal the stuff. Steal and improve. Steal yeah. and improve. Yeah, because they're doing all the same thing. Within your boundaries, I guess. Mm-hmm. However, if the game itself is already like way out of scope, then you might just be in bad shape. Yeah. <laughs> if if it's like, yeah, we're doing a AAA level shooter, uh huh, and you're the only sound person on the team, and you got two months, and they've got two one animator, <laughs> you might just be like, this is never gonna ship. So just. You know, to your best. Yeah. <laughs> Does that bring us to our next thing? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, kind of. Not really. Next thing is kind of separate, I guess. Yeah, it's not related to any of So that. I did something yes. for the first time since 2013. Which is way too long. Which is a long time. I finished a little song of my own for me, for nothing. For nothing else. For no projects. Just for you. I haven't written a song for That's fun. Awesome. Since 2013. And this was only kind of a half, half-sees. Yeah. Because it was already a, something I started. Yeah. You finished it. In 2011. <laughs> so it was a song I started in 2011. Uh. Still had the Ableton session. I probably barely knew how to use Ableton. <laughs> I'm surprised any of the instruments could, still yeah, existed. At least you could still open it. <laughs> yeah, it opened fine. And uh, yeah, wrapped it up. Spent it, took a half day, finished it. Yeah, it sounded felt, good. Felt it was great. A good song. Yeah, that was important. Yeah. Because I've written a lot of songs since 2013, mm-hmm. but none of them were 100% mine. Yeah. And it was nice to sort of refine my identity yeah. like that. Uh, because, yeah, there's just, there's been a little creative tether on everything else I've done. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a reminder of what, what Gord used to do. <laughs> right. Right. I kind of think we probably all got into this because we did it for fun and we enjoyed it. Whether it be composition or sound design or whatever, mm-hmm. like we all enjoy doing this. Yeah. So finding time for personal projects is important. I put out an EP, I don't know, last month. This yeah, month. and you were doing it every month for a while, or was it every yeah. week? No, no, no. It was, I was. I had 2014, I had the idea I was going to do an EP a month. Yeah. I got about half the year. Right. Not quite half the year done. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty good um and i hadn't put out anything in a while so i was just like all right my girlfriend was going away for the weekend so i'm like i got the house to myself i'm gonna make an ep i'm gonna just i'm gonna make a bunch of music because there's nobody else around to bother and put it out that's that's kind of my thing too it's like when i do music projects which are totally removed from what i do as a day job but still like energizes me to do more like because i do such sound designy music creation yeah you know it's all like it all feeds all that stuff so just like all right i'm gonna do something i'm gonna get it out and that was that was part of the important part of just like well i'm not just gonna fiddle around i could fiddle around with synths all day and oh got like two hours yeah it's nice to have an a to b stuff recorded it's like no putting it out it's out it's there it's available for people to not buy (laughs) but it was super satisfying Doing, I made a thing for me. There was no, uh, no external restraints on what I was doing or why I was doing it. No feedback from anyone ever. No, necessarily. None. And you don't have to fix anything ever. Nope. Which and is just, fine. Feedback is fine. Listening yeah. to feedback is fine. But yeah. sometimes you should just uh, be your own boss for a day. Yeah. 
and and then I put it out, and it's there. It's out. It's you know in the wild for people to to get into. So you took a really long time, yeah, to come back to a personal project. Yeah. Um. Do you have plans to get like sort of make that more of a regimented thing, I or do. is it just a like? I'm going to try to remember to find time to do that. I think I do because I stumbled up across this folder of all these things I started. Yeah. And they're all good. Mm-hmm. Like I really like them all and I really want them to get done. Yeah. Because I think people will like them. So, and then someone else, someone on Twitter, Clifton B, the yeah. game developer, he said he'll like, he'll hassle me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> to, uh, to make sure it happens like monthly. Right. I think because it doesn't take me that long to finish a song anymore. Yeah. And we're going to get into finishing stuff in a, in a moment. But mm-hmm. when I was starting out, it was weeks to months for one song. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what I was doing. And now I do. So it's not like a huge commitment yeah. to just finish it. Yeah. So um, I kind of liken it to uh, I see some of the artists around here when they, when they start their day, they come in. Mm-hmm. And they just draw for 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. It is nothing related to work. They're just warming up, like, mm-hmm. all right, just sketching stuff. Yeah. And it's like the sketch stuff, and then they, okay, they get, get they loosened up. They're, they're getting creative. All right, now we dive into real stuff for work. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of, I think, taking that approach sometimes for, like, musically, like, maybe it's not every day, because I think it takes us longer to set stuff up and get stuff rolling and yeah, true. stuff. But. You know, like, hey, taking half a day of your week and going, I'm just going to do personal creative project at this point mm-hmm. and just fiddle. Yeah. You know, and fiddle and create and try to give yourself an end point of I'm making X. And it doesn't have to just be music. It can be sound design stuff, too. Absolutely. You know, you can you can be like, all right, you know, uh, Monday mornings to start my week off, I'm going to make a laser. Lasers. Yeah. I'm going to make a bucket of lasers. Cooler lasers than ever. And and then, you know, then you've got stuff in your library that's just like, yeah. it's not. But it, almost don't even think about it that way, though. Yeah. That's a happy side effect. I, I, I think that leads to what we're saying about yeah the next part of finishing stuff. Like, I actually think it's good to like, if you're doing sound effects, because it's a little different when you're doing like sound effects creative work for yourself um, versus making a song. Yeah. Um, I still think it's valid, though, when you're like, all right, I'm going to make lasers. I'm going to make awesome, badass lasers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make them and put them into my library. And they're for my library. But I, I have no visual reference. I have no game that I'm putting them towards. I'm not even working on anything sci-fi right These now. These are my lasers. These are my lasers that someday, maybe when I need lasers, I'm like, aha, I made those lasers. And I made them because I felt like making lasers. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm in the mood to make this. I've done that more recently than I wrote music for myself, for sure. Yeah. I've done a few times just being like, let's see how far we can push Saturn. That's that's cool. I like honestly, sound design wise, I haven't done anything like that in um probably a long time. Mm. Um, when I start a project, of course, I do my whole like, all right, I'm going to make a palette of stuff for my UI stuff. Source, yeah. So, but that's very focused. I'm very much thinking about this game needs this kind of source. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going like, hey, let's make you know wacky kitchen sounds and record a bunch of stuff. Just yeah. you know, and make little. Bips and bops for I don't know what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I've done very little of that. So bringing around to the next part of finish your personal projects. So a problem that lots of people have, yeah. both of us included, are not only starting and doing 
personal projects for yourself, yeah. but finishing them yes. can be very difficult. So we're going to go over like what are problems people run into when it comes to actually finishing things. Yeah. I would say the biggest one is uh, just being bashful. Right. Just not wanting to release it. And I mean, it being a personal project, it is your, that's one of your freedoms, mm-hmm. is not having to release it. But I think everybody wants to release the stuff they're working on. Yeah. I think um, I think if you're doing personal music, I think you can target your release platform mm-hmm. to help yourself. Because I put my, my music out everywhere to be bought. Yeah. Nobody buys it. Somebody's bought it. Literally, the My New EP has two sales. <laughs> I know okay. both those people. It's okay. Uh, so, but my point is, um, go buy my album. But <laughs> my other point is, uh, if you're bashful and shy about stuff, that can kind of be a bit of an ego hit when you're like, I put out this thing and it... Nothing happened. Nothing happened. So... Go put it on SoundCloud. Go put it on somewhere where there is no, like, sales expectation. Mm-hmm. Or put it on Bandcamp for $0. Yeah. You know? So, like, hey, you can just go stream it from Bandcamp. Yeah. You know? And I, like, you know, I've got two sales on Bandcamp, but I've got a bunch of plays. I can yeah. go look at the stats that's and go, fine. oh, people listen to it. That's that's what I'm most happy about. Yeah. People listen to it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of, you can, you can set yourself up to avoid sort of what you might think are the bad things. Yeah. So that you're not just like, hey, but this is this stuff, and now I feel really crappy about it. Like, set yourself up to win, like, with your expectations of stuff. It's not going to be a hit. Yeah. I don't have any hits. Selling music these days is so hard. It's impossible. Yeah, so. It just keeps getting harder. <laughs> it's It definitely is just, the, the main thrust, I think, is finish something. Yeah. The term... From the Bible, from the Cocos Forum, from like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. called Why Do Your Recordings Sound Like Ass? The phrase is, everybody read it. Yeah. I, pro- I haven't brought it up in a while, so this is my like year- yeah, yeah, yeah. Year- yearly mention. <laughs> read Why Do Your Recordings Sound Like Ass? Finished is always better than perfect. Yeah. Because it's never perfect. Yeah. <laughs> if it's perfect, it's not finished. And therefore, it's not released and nobody's heard it. And it didn't get out. It didn't sell anything. <laughs> so finished is better than perfect. Yeah. And I think um, you can't, uh, it's harder to evaluate something that's a work in progress mm-hmm. to like, am I getting better at, at, at mixing songs? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know because I haven't finished a mix. I haven't decided that this is a finished mix and now I can look at it as a finished product. Yeah. Or staying within like our sound design uh, realm, I guess, doing a trailer re- redesigns. Yeah. Or or cutting BGs, yeah. you know, if nobody else has heard it and you've not you've not given yourself any opportunity for feedback, yeah. either from peers or the ruthless public, then how do you expect to improve? Yeah, yeah, a thing needs to be finished for you to truly evaluate it and decide how to get better yeah. from it. And the only way you get better is by finishing things. Yeah. So that's that's one stumbling block. Another huge stumbling block for people is uh, something hard comes up. Mm-hmm. Something hard or something boring. Um, and this I, one this one hits me a lot more than the pride thing. I don't, I yep. don't care about people <laughs> hearing and hating my stuff anymore. There's been too many things. Um, uh, I have a, a sound effects library. I started recording mm-hmm. two years ago. 
I think. Yeah. I came up against boring. That was yeah. not so much hard of like editing. This is boring. Yeah. Re- really edit. Uh, and then it just, it fell off. It was totally like, all right, I always make, um, we close the studio uh, between Christmas and New Year's. So I've got this break and I always try to make myself projects. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to do an EP or well, two years ago. I was like, I'm going to record a sound library. Yeah. And then I'm going to start again. Like, yeah. I'm going to put it out and awesome. I got it recorded. I got a bunch of it recorded. I had, I could see how I could make it bigger down the line and yeah. had thought about how, how I was going to bundle it up. And I started the editing and then I stopped because Meta, metadata happened. Was, I didn't even get to that. Didn't even get to metadata. <laughs> I was just like, this is boring. This is so boring. Nobody's and, paying and then me. in the back of my head, I'm like, this is boring. And then I'm going to have to do metadata. Oh, and, and yeah, I, I've used more the sounds. Yeah. I've, I've used the sounds in my personal library, but as far as packaging it up, mm-hmm. it, it died on the vine. So what would you say would be a solution to avoiding the boring? I got a few in my head. Yeah. Uh, first off would be to give myself sort of hard times that work is going to be done on it Mm -hmm. and not make like not like oh i'm gonna do it today i'm gonna do all of it today no 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 no. i'm gonna do an hour of it today yeah and then i'm gonna go do something i'm gonna go play a game whatever right screw off um but i'm gonna do an hour of work on this just compartmentalize it down to be like no every day at whatever this time i do this yeah and you break it up and it's like it's not actually that much time needs to be like for this project. No, there's not that much time that I really need to do on it. Yeah. But I just need to be like, no, like half an hour, an hour. Mm-hmm. That happens every Wednesday. I work on this for an hour. Yeah. I think if you refined your editing system somehow, that could help. Yeah. Or came up with a, a way to automate a few things. Yep. Make it faster. And then you have somewhat tool set mm-hmm. that you've come up with alongside it. Yeah. That would, that be would definitely be like, wait, figure out how to make the boring parts quicker. Yes. Would would help. Yeah. So for sure. Get your macros, get your workflows. Yeah. You could also pawn it off on someone that likes that shit. <laughs> yeah. Because there are some things more for hard stuff than are for boring. Yeah. But you can always collaborate and be be like, yeah. hey, you love coming up with systems and, and for fast editing. Here's wanna, a thing that needs a system. You want to cut this and then if I sell it, I'll give you some money or do you just want to make a thing with me? Yeah. I mean, that's what like... This isn't for personal projects, but hiring Chris to do technical sound design for us is being like, right. I'm not going to hit those those walls anymore because Chris loves this. Yeah. I suck at it and my and it hurts my brain and it makes <laughs> me just stand up and go make a coffee rather than like working through it. Yeah. So it's almost like everybody's happier. Yeah. So collaboration is always an option. Yeah. I guess you could hire somebody, but then it's not a personal project. <laughs> and then you're like... And possibly, uh, I think one of the other things, not the solutions, but one of the things that leads to that is sort of not realizing the scope of what you're trying to take on. Yeah. And so if you start something and then you're like, oh, Jesus, mm-hmm. this is going to actually take way longer than I thought. And then you get disheartened and... Totally. You know, so that sort of leads back to the... If that happens, see how you can break it down. Yeah, that's almost a gen- that's almost like a game design tip. Totally, that we hear all the time is start small, yeah. learn how to finish stuff, then start to get bigger. Yeah, yeah. I know that's like my little sound effects library. I did compartmentalize it well. Yeah. Um, hey, we used a few of them. 
Yeah. Uh, so um, the idea was I, I I noticed a lack of shell drops mm-hmm. for gun, gun shells like mm-hmm. being dropped on surfaces. I was like, oh, that's that's a total hole I can fill. Yeah. I recorded a bunch of different surfaces around my house, kind of made a list of more surfaces I could record in the future and gathered up some shells and shell-like objects, mm-hmm. um, dropped them and all that stuff. And then I was like, all right, I'm just going to do one surface. It's like all the objects on one surface. I'm going to edit that and get that packaged up. So I wasn't like, oh, I'm taking on doing you know, hours and hours and hours of editing. 15 different surfaces and 10 different objects on every surface. I was like, no, I'm doing one. Mm-hmm. So um, that way it was like smart of me. Yeah. I still got bored though. <laughs> <laughs> Hard editing isn't fun. Actually, I don't mind it at all. Yep. If I had spare time, I'd edit, edit for you. Yeah. Because I, I like boring editing sometimes. Turn my brain off and just go. Mm-hmm. Editing and dialogue cleaning. It's kind of zen. Yeah. Yeah, I get. I totally get that about dialogue editing, and I, I just, it, I don't know. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, I don't get the zen of dialogue editing. I get the zen, which, which is cool. I like that people I do. Think get I, get, the I zen. think I get it more from like RXing, yeah, than, yeah, like, yeah. than editing in Pro Tools or Reaper. Like yeah. R, RX, like I don't even have to listen mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore. I'm just like, that's going to sound bad. That's going to sound bad. That's going to sound bad. Just notch it out. Go mm-hmm. on. Good. Yeah, so personal projects. Find time to do it. Well, that was another thing. How do you find time? I think I've come to a point where I'm just so overwhelmed all the time that taking a half day to do something that's good for my soul isn't going to make me that much more overwhelmed in yeah. the long run, you know? Taking, like, so I went on my first vacation this year. Yay! Which we talked about before. My Or my first vacation in probably since 2013 as well. Yeah. And so that helped me start to come to grips with these things. Like, it's a little bit behind. It's always going to be a little bit behind. These things do seem to have a way of working themselves out. Yeah. Most games get pushed significantly. <laughs> um, except for I'm, Fossil Echo. Fossil Echo was like deadline. Yeah, it was. Off, was it? Yeah, we released. Well, I'm just frowning over here because I'm like, I don't know about any game that's come out on time. <laughs> Fossil Echo came out on time. There you go. Fossil Echo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think in my entire development experience that's the only game that came out it also it was only supposed to take like six months and took three years <laughs> but four or five months from launch we said we're launching at this time and then uh and then we did cool without pushing it again and that was the first time we actually said this is a launch date and then it turned out to be a pretty horrible launch date <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should have pushed it we would already uh, made the trailer. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard finding those holes where... Yeah, they hardly uh, exist, really. We want to talk about S- Saki, right? Yes. Uh, we do We want to talk about that before we get into questions. Um, sad news. Yeah, uh, very sad. Uh, Saki Kaskis, um passed away recently. And if you don't know who uh, Saki is, he was an amazing sound designer, composer, songwriter. Um, he worked on a ton of EA stuff. Uh, you might know his stuff from the Need for Speed series. Uh, they used his songs in the club scenes in Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, I think. Cool. Um, he did some stuff on the Sim, Sim City. His, his stuff's all over the place. Prolific. Um, he worked on NHL, and uh, when he was on NHL, uh, Saki um, hired me to work as the third man um, on the t- on the audio team. Um so it's it's really sad to hear of his passing because, and I didn't. It kind of sad too that I didn't think about this really until I heard of him his 
his passing was that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing game audio if he hadn't taken a chance on me, you know? So like, I didn't, I didn't work with him for long. I worked, we worked on one game together and then we were kind of like passing, you know, we both worked at EA for a while and then he left and, uh, then, you know, I went my ways and I, I ended up at clay and he was at, uh, UFG, which is just right across the street from us or was across the street from us. Mm -hmm. So we'd run into each other, you know, when we're out grabbing lunch and stuff and both be like, what are you up to? And, you know, talk ever so briefly about each other's games and stuff. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for him. Yeah. And so, you know, he kind of matters a lot to where, where I am now. Yeah. And probably to a lot of people. Yeah. It was, he was, he was a really great guy and it's really sad to hear of his passing. Um, so I kind of just wanted to like put that out there. If you, if you if you know of those people that have had the, a great effect on your life and career and, and game audio or whatever, um, let them know, mm -hmm. you know, cause I'm sure that it, they would love to hear that they've mattered to, to people to, to that extent, you know? So if you're in game audio if you're breaking into game audio think about how you got here and who helped you along the way and who who was that first person that took a chance on you and go say thanks to him yeah because unfortunately someday you might not be able to yeah so um go listen to some of Saki's music it's fucking awesome sweet ah uh, so a little bit of a sad note there Fucking 2016 needs to get punched in the genitals. <laughs> uh, so on to some questions. Question time. There were good ones. Tim Atkins said, would love to hear tips for not getting spooked out when solo field recording in spooky places. And you said you've got a story. Yeah. I don't have advice, but I have a story. <laughs> you have a story. I don't know if I have any advice either. I don't know how to stay unspooked out in spooky places by yourself. When yeah. You, like that's, Yeah. So we'll just do a spookiest recordings. Okay. St uh, trade stories. My spookiest recordings. Kind of back to Peru, my one great yep. recording trip uh, that I need to step up again was uh, recording in the rainforest at like midnight yeah. on a path, pitch black, <laughs> with just sounds everywhere. Uh -huh. And there was a big shit in the woods. I don't know what it was, but I was terrified. There was something making but sense. But I was like, gotta get the recording. I was I was make I was getting very ambitious recordings, like forty five minute like standstill for forty five minutes. Nice. Um binaural recordings. Yeah. And there was like twigs snapping and stuff. And <laughs> I was just like, Oh god. Because the rainforest is like that. There is just oh. stuff everywhere. Anyway, so that was terrifying. I just kinda gritted my teeth and submitted myself to my fate. <laughs> so that that's my advice. The next day. Yeah. Walk the same path again. Uh -huh. There are jaguar footprints in the mud. Uh, so I guess uh, one piece of advice: um, you're probably wherever you're spooked out about recording by yourself, you're probably not being hunted by a jaguar at that time. Yeah, so it couldn't be that so much relax. Worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've really done any spooky hunted by demons though. Spooky probably hunted by demons. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have a good story. Oh, we need to take Matt on a spooky recording trip. Yeah. Yeah, take me somewhere scary. I think Mark Strait's, that's like his thing. Yeah, we need to team up with him and go Mark, do some Mark Strait will have advice. Yeah. Um, all right. 
Next question. Oh, Jack. Jack. Favorite caffeine? Coffee. Tea. Done. Barney asked, uh, when in pre-pro, do you ever do a mood board style guide type thing for sound? If so, how? Mood boards are so dumb. No, they're not. <laughs> I've only seen one. I got one, and it was uh, for like a big commercial gig. Yeah. And that mood board was dumb. Right. So I don't know if they're all dumb. But I think it is good yeah. to... It's similar to laying out your palette, correct? I don't. I don't do it. Um, I do think it's a great thing. Part of the reason I don't do one is our games change so much. Right. I don't feel comfortable nailing a like kind of mood and aesthetic necessarily at the beginning of a game. Yeah, very true. That's something I leave up like to, our pre-pro. I'm not doing it. I'll right. leave that up to the game designers and the artists. But if I do, if I did want to make a soundboard mood thing to help give to the designers and people mm-hmm. to help to help guide it, I would make a um, a short radio play. Oh, that's cool. I think Idea. that would be a, a, a style to go with. You know, a little bit of VO, atmosphere, mm-hmm. ambiences. Like this is this is the world we're trying to to build. Yeah, and describe it in in sound. Of that's a pretty cool idea. I think I I think that's the the closest way you can make an audio mood board. Yeah, I guess it's similar to how we do um we'll do mock-ups. Yeah. of existing gameplay. Yeah. That's like our sound mood board, I guess. Yeah. But you so, kind of like, like do if you do it for. as a radio play, you're like I don't even care what it looks like yet. Yeah, right. And and, and maybe you can give it to the artists and And you can influence design. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great idea. And if you've got yes, the time... not knocking the idea. I've only seen one mood board. That one was bad. I'm sure there are wonderful, <laughs> wonderful mood boards out there. Um, but yeah, doing a radio play mood board thing. It's a great idea. That's a, yeah, it's a and, super neat idea. And maybe you can, yeah, drive some stuff. Willem? 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 Uh, love the podcast. Like to know about Workflow for cleaning up your field recordings. How much DSP in pre-pro? I have a good field recording workflow, I yep. think. I'm sure there are better ones. I don't use six mic systems or mm-hmm. anything. It's usually one mic, a few mics. Yeah. Um, and a lot of my field recording, in quotations with my fingers right now, mm-hmm. is studio recording, but it's still sound effects recording. Yeah. And so it goes straight into Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. I duplicate the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I send it, I send the duplicate to yeah. RX Connect. Yeah. I clean it all up there. Mm-hmm. So that that involves denoising, removing unwanted sounds, uh, cutting out uh, like long periods of silence in between. Yeah, making sure there aren't any tones. Yeah, all that stuff. Getting rid of sound recordings that just suck. You know. Um, yeah, they're just bad performances. Yeah, and then I send that all back, consolidate it. It's a much shorter file than the mm-hmm. original. Um, I label both of them. I label one with a, a suffix that is like capitalized raw. Yep. And then the other one is capitalized CLN for clean. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want. And then I export those both to my library, which syncs with Dropbox. There you go. And that's, I think, a pretty so good So that way workflow. you have a, a processed clean one. Yeah. And if you ever did wanted to, you could go back to the... Because you should never trust your processing. Because <laughs> you might think it's awesome. You're like, I would never turn back from this. Yeah. Um which is fine when it comes to asset creation for games because you're using library sounds and you have the originals backed up somewhere. Right. But when it comes to recordings, they're irreplaceable. Yeah. Um, you should not bake your changes into your original recordings. Keep yeah. your raw files. He also asks, uh, 
How much do you hear about companies outsourcing audio work out of country? Is long distance work possible? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, it's back when I was freelance, I did a whole bunch of work on an MMO that was in Denmark. I never met the people in person once. We did everything, you know, yeah. online chatting. So totally, it's totally possible. I think, I think over 50% of our work, the companies are yep. in other countries. Yeah. Other so, countries, other provinces, other other states, yeah. you know. Um, so remote work, totally possible. Uh, it's harder. potentially harder to find those clients. Yeah. Um, but yeah, totally, mm-hmm. you can do that. <laughs> Meet. Meet in person, work remote. Yeah. That's yeah. the that's the easiest way to line it up. Late I did, breaking I, question. I did get a not serious question, but we yep. can touch on it. Well we've answered Jack's one, so Yeah. This is well, this isn't from a sound person. This is from Jed Jed Whitaker, who's a games journalist. Okay. At a Destructoid, I think. Cool. Is our first journalist question? Um yeah, it's our first journalist question. <laughs> Thanks, Jed. If you actually listen. Uh, why is chiptune the best, and why do people make music outside of it? How angry are you that people play on mute? The second one is a real question. Yeah, two questions. Okay, chiptune music is great. I will advise you to try not to make a living solely at chiptune music. <laughs> You're really I, pigeonholing yeah. yourself. That's very difficult um, to make a living at. I I I like chiptune music. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a bit burnt out on chiptune, like straight chiptune music in games. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like there's just so much more you could be doing. I like, I like more like using elements of chiptune stuff in, in other songs. Give it the patina. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's a great thing and it can be great. It's just a little burnt out. I'm a little burnt out on it personally. Yeah. Um, let's everybody stretch, stretch their wings. And you're totally right. If any, any time you're like, I do only X, whether it's. I only compose chiptune. I only make sci-fi game sound effects. I yeah. whatever it is, whatever, however you, the more you pigeonhole, you, the the harder it is going to be to find constant work. You have to be so 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 good, yeah. but you also have to have all the right connections, yeah, and a lot of luck, yeah, to find yourself in that specialized position. Yeah, the more specialized you you make yourself, potentially, the harder it is until you get to a sort of certain level. Yeah. And then then it'll be okay. It's totally all possible. But yeah, yeah it just might be a harder road. If you have no prior work to show for yourself, yeah. And the client is like, "Can you do this?" and you're like, "No, I don't do that." Yeah. You just lost a job. <laughs> it's and it's like, "Yeah, no, try and fail or try and succeed." Yeah. And then have another project behind you. Yeah. And uh you're going to fail on a few. But you might not fail on all of them. <laughs> and mute. Muting entire games? Do we get mad that people mute games? I think they're just missing out. I'm not mad. Yeah. I think you're just, you're not experiencing the whole game. And you might go give that game a bad review, but it's because you weren't getting... The full experience. F- the full experience. Are you yeah. missing missing gameplay cues? Yeah. You know? So, it's your like, loss, really. Like, try playing the first level of Limbo with the sound off. Like there's total cues that you just entirely miss. Totally. If you don't have the sound on. Yeah. So that's kind of like, well, your loss, dummy. But however, it is bad sounding games are partially at fault for people yep. playing on mute in the first place. Um, because honestly, the majority of games released don't sound good. So it's not surprising that people don't yeah. listen all the time. And I mean, there's, there's two, there's a platform 
thing. I mm-hmm. I play a lot of games on my commute on my phone. I play them on mute. Yeah. I'm an audio guy, and I play games on mute. Because you're on the train. Because and... I'm on the train, and I just want to listen. If if I want to listen to something, I just want to listen to my music. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to, like, oh, well, I have my iPod, and then I'm playing a game on my phone, and I don't have some sort of magical wireless mixer to mix the game sounds into my iPod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to carry all of that stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have songs on my phone. So, you know. So, yeah, I even will play stuff on on mute. Yeah. Um, but I always, even, even mobile stuff, I will, when I first get a game, play it a bunch with the sound to kind of get what the deal is, get the experience and yeah. see what it's like and then be like, oh, okay, not going to, yeah. where are we at with sounded mobile games right now? There's some that sound really good. Oh man. Badlands. That's uh, Jonas's game. Yeah. The one that Jonas did sounds great. Yeah. It's a um, great sounding mobile game. I really liked lately mobile games. Off topic, but mobile game I really like the sound of. Um, a little while ago was uh, Alto's something or other, the snowboarding one. Okay. Endless runner snowboarding game. Mm-hmm. It had this like sort of like mellow solo piano music to it. It was okay. just it was just so different from what you kind of expect. It was really neat. Oh, cool. So that one I really enjoyed the 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 sound of that one. Great. Yeah. All right. So thanks, Jed, for breaking us into the journalist question zone. Yeah, anytime. I thought you hit us a little harder, man. Jeez. Call yourself a journalist. One of the real <laughs> questions going to start. Oh, no. Don't look into my past, please. <laughs> okay, I think we're good. I think we're good. I think good. that's all we have. Um, we don't want to overstay our welcome. Exactly. We don't want to make filler. Ramble enough as it is. Um, any announcements? Viking Squad. Viking Squad soundtrack. Soundtrack is out on Louder now. Cool. So it'll be out on iTunes and stuff soon-ish. Soon it'll be on Probably, but by the time this is out, it'll, it'll be, be out up. everywhere. It'll be on Spotify so Please soon. listen to it. I think it's one of my best soundtracks yeah. ever. Way to go. I also put the whole Viking Squad soundtrack on YouTube. Cool. Because why not? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, my announcements for me, uh, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, get ready for Audio Bash 3.0. That'll be in January. Woo! So get ready. Reserve some time. I'm not sure when it is yet, but it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put out an EP. If you like, I was waving my arms around in the air. You you couldn't see that. Yeah, I was excited. Um, If you like ambient, moody, distorted stuff, um, I'll put a link. Sweet. And that should also be in all of the places soon because it went up on Louder. Yeah, you must be getting really good at putting stuff on Louder. Yeah. Yeah. I messed up my first one. Oh, yeah. I had to do it twice, yeah. (laughs) All right. That's it. We're going to full indie. Bye. Bye.